Breakdowns, the voice of Master Chief, Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, Master Chief, out, out, out. Hello and welcome to Quality Time, the Kale Koala Entertainment Podcast. I'm Skylar Sokol. And I'm Sean Stevens. Oh, Anthony's looking different tonight. Yeah, I'm Anthony. I'm Anthony Nicolosi. That's right. Now you gotta go, I'm Anthony <laughs> Nicolosi. And tonight we're talking about Halo, Halo. trading card game. <laughs> oh, Halo trading card game, man. I don't I don't know about that. Um, that probably, yeah. Okay. Anyway, so Sean and I have both been playing a ton of Yu-Gi-Oh master duel lately. Free to play Yu-Gi-Oh game came out on steam sweeping the nation. And we True. decided to talk a little bit about digital card games. Cause Sean and I actually both have are very into digital collectible card games. And we both played a lot of a lot of different ones. So I guess, first of all, do you have a favorite digital collectible card oh, game you've geez. played? That you think of, I'll say honestly, I think mine is probably this Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel game. I'm having the most fun in it that I think I've ever had. When I played the Magic one, which is like second place for me, it was honestly just because I wanted to play Magic, not because I thought right. the digital version was more fun than the paper version. But right, I no, know. I mean the client's really well done, and obviously, I mean I don't know if you ever played Yu-Gi-Oh! Back in the day, I never played it on paper. No, yeah, I mean I played it in paper back in. Oh, gosh, probably like elementary or middle school, right? So uh, like, uh, the, I mean, the game, it's not even comparable right. to, to what it was back then. So it's basically a new game. I mean, obviously, I have the most hours in Hearthstone still probably since that was like two years where I binged that. Right. And I did like Magic. And, and Gwent was really fun for, for a little bit. I didn't really stick with it. But yeah, but yeah I, I guess I'd say Yu-Gi-Oh! You, probably I, so far. It's so good. I like can't believe it. I, now, granted... One thing that is interesting, I guess we'll just talk a little bit about the Yu-Gi-Oh game first, since that's what inspired this podcast, and then we'll sort of right. branch out from there. One thing that I think is really interesting about the Yu-Gi-Oh game is the pathway to like building a deck. It, uh, the initial <laughs> pathway yeah. is extremely obtuse. Do you want to like describe how you go from nothing <laughs> to trying to build a deck? So if you're a new player, right, and you're like, I don't know what to do, basically you're like filtering looking through so there's 10,000 cards in the game or something right like that 6,953 so or something i think right so you're like looking through the cards to find your favorite right like you're playing blue eyes so you like search blue eyes and you like throw all the cards that say blue eyes in your deck right and then your deck shit so you have to like add all this other stuff and you have to do it's a lot of research like thank god for the random website resources that we found over the past week yeah otherwise it would be and the discord too yeah otherwise we'd be play ranked and we would lose every single game yeah right. and i had a friend like, at no akihabara way. the other night actually who i was talking to about this game and i was like hey i've been playing it's been a lot of fun he's like i've used to play Yu-Gi-Oh all the time i played it as, and i just couldn't even win a single ranked game so i stopped playing because i didn't know what to do that seems to be like the biggest dividing factor, right? Is a lot of people because they just stealth dropped. I know they announced it a while ago, but they kind of just dropped it right. in everybody's laps. And a lot of people were like, this game looks way better because the previous one was Dual Links, right? right? Which looks pretty mobily, I guess. Yeah. And everyone's like, wow, you, you haven't played that in forever because, you know, so many people watch the anime and then they play and they're like, 
I don't get how this game works. What are all these mechanics? The tutorial is take useless, dude. Yeah, it tells you the mechanics, but in like the base, the very base level, and it's just so different. So like right. the negative Steam reviews are like, they negate my stuff. I can't play. I play a monster and in my turn and I lose, right? right? And it's just, you know, it's either you adapt to the, the new type of game or you just don't play it. Right. right. And so we didn't thing. even get to the how you build a new deck. So you get there and you're like, oh, here's my blue eyes, white dragon card that I like. And I, you somehow have it because you opened one of the normal packs. But the normal right. packs of the game, which is how you would expect to get cards, are the worst way to get cards in the game. Because instead, yep. once you cr- you can craft cards with points similar to most um collect digital collectible train card games as you get duplicates or dismantle cards you get like points that you can use to craft different rarities of cards but in this game if you craft a card from a specific deck you unlock a secret pack i don't know why it's secret i don't know why something you can <laughs> I, buy in the game is a secret but with real money but you unlock like a eight, secret there's pack. hundreds of them too I, it's not to. like there's a couple there's right. hundreds there's one for basically every archetype in Yu-Gi-Oh. And right. when you craft a card, a super rare, or ultra rare card of that deck, which you wouldn't even know to do this. It doesn't tell you anywhere to do this. You get right. a secret pack for that deck. Then you buy from that secret pack and it gives you a way higher probability, guaranteed probability, in fact, to get some of the cards for that deck. But nothing in the game explained that to me. Sean was like, don't spend any of your gems you get in the game right. until I give you a detailed rundown of how to do this. Right, because it's like, I mean, when you think of your classic, like any other game similar to this on the market, they're going to have packs for like, here's your basic pack, right? Yeah. Here's your pack that's the new set that just released. Here's your pack that's but the one before that, sets, right? right? Yeah, it's like right. old magic the, or like, or Hearthstone was based on sets of like 100, right. 200 cards. The thing cards. about Yu-Gi-Oh! is there's no sets. Everything is legal, right? They just have the ban list, right? right. They don't do sets. It's, and that's how they do it in the, the physical, right? In, in tournaments. So I guess that's what's different about it but it's strange that i can't buy like the same pack that i could get at target you know right like why can't i buy the the pack that i go to target and get and you i I feel like that would make sense i just can't believe all these packs are secret like the game should be like hey what archetype do you want to play you click on it it's like cool here's the packs to buy to build that arc like why why make it hard why make it like right. a, an adventure to try and pay be, real money to build it? I deck? mean, they have the good thing where you can search your card. You can click how to obtain and it shows the packets in. But when you do that, it's going to say locked, right? right? And it you're going to be like, you how, to how do, do I unlock it? And you're going to Google it. And then you're going to find out, oh, I need to craft one of the cards in the pack. Then I have it. And then you only have it for 24 hours, which is all right? that's also insane. Again. Why? When you unlock right. a secret pack, doesn't it stay? Al- I, I don't it's, understand. It's very strange. But once you it, so it, you get screwed, right? Because if you like go and you're like, all right, I'm going to buy packs. I'm going to buy this master pack, which is the one that has all the cards and you're going to get screwed because the chances of you getting what you want is, you know, way too small. Yeah. Now, what's interesting it's, it's about digital card games in general is they still are in this whole like collectible card game approach, right? Where you're opening packs, getting rare cards, trying to get what you're getting rather than just buying what you want, right? They're dar- the only game tr- collectible card game I can think of where you could just buy whatever card you individually wanted was artifact. Right. And I mean, like, it was a really good way to do it, right? Because you're like, if 
I want to buy this deck, I 100% know that it's going to cost me 25 bucks or right. 200 bucks, right? At least you like know. And you can do that Whereas, in paper magic and paper Yu-Gi-Oh too. Yeah, you can just buy them on. You just, I mean, you're going to have to go through like A some other channels. Side. But I mean, all that stuff's like, you know, it's so big, right? It's not right. like it's a risk, you know, right. to buy cards on eBay or whatever. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, they go the route of like Hearthstone, which is only digital, which is where to, if you want to make stuff, you have to buy a bunch of cards and then dismantle all the ones you don't want and then craft the ones you do. Right. Sort of at a ratio that's two to one. It's pretty it's pretty similar in that way. Right. Which is. I mean, it's good and bad, I guess. Yeah. I don't so far. It's been fine. I mean, I wish the ratio was different because you have to like you have to dismantle three cards to make one. I guess I wish it was two to one, but maybe I'm just used to Hearthstone. I don't really know if it's fair or not. But uh, yeah, and what is even fair, right? The whole point of building decks in this way is just monetizing for the company who's running the free-to-play model, right? Like right. they could give you all the cards for free and you could play Yu-Gi-Oh if they wanted to. But right, know, but they want to sell. Right. Yeah, and, and I get it, right? I you know, that's it's, how it's, you make a free-to-play game. I the guess. same as every other card game like this, right? You free-to-play and once you're it starts to get where you want to spend money. Either you spend money or you stop playing or you grind your nuts off. Right. I mean, right. that's just how it is. Yeah. So I, I think one interesting thing about the design of Yu-Gi-Oh! That's cool to me. Irish. I used to think that Yu-Gi-Oh! Was like a super stupid, simple version of magic. That was like not interesting at all. And you basically just like could play any number of cards each turn. And it was just like, I didn't under, I, I had never really understood how the game worked. But right. you go. It used to be that way. It did. And maybe that's yeah. why I had that understanding. But nowadays, like this game is probably the most complicated card game. I feel like it's more complicated than magic just because of the sheer variety of like paragraph yeah. log effects in the game. I think the coolest thing. So when you first start playing, you're like, OK, that guy is taking 10 minutes to do his turn. But once you learn how to do that, you realize that your deck and you're like opening hand the path you can take on a turn, the amount of branches it has is like staggering. Yeah. Right. Obviously, depending on the deck you're playing, but it's like staggering in like a good way where it's like this path's a misplay. This path is like my basic. I can just do this, but I don't know what to do. This path is good for against this person's deck. Yeah. And it's like, you're, I mean, you're really thinking, right? No, it's true. And unlike, I think like the thing, the way I would compare magic to Yu-Gi-Oh is that like every deck in Yu-Gi-Oh is essentially a combo deck, right? In Magic, yeah, you have to like right. build a deck with the intention to have like all those branching paths and that like whole concept. In Yu-Gi-Oh, every deck, at least in the modern version of Yu-Gi-Oh, every deck is that way. And it's not uncommon at all for the game to end on either your opponent, like the second or third turn of the game. All the time that happens. Right. Which is yeah, very yeah, interesting, right? I bet like the majority of games end on turn two or turn three, right? Anything past like four is probably is rare unless you're playing against like rare. a control deck whose goal is to extend the game. Right. Yeah, so that that's really interesting to me. That's very different. Like we talk about Hearthstone. Hearthstone has like a very like core game length, right? Hearthstone, it's common for the games to last like the max amount of time with both people like running out of their decks, even. Right. Yep. <laughs> And it was all about, I mean, Hearthstone, I mean, it used to be Hearthstone. I, the design was so different, right? I mean, because when you think about Yu-Gi-Oh, right? Yu-Gi-Oh is, the game existed before Master Duel, right? right? We're playing the exact same game as paper, playing, missing a few cards. Some, right? Somehow. I mean, somehow people in the in paper are playing this, this game. I can't <laughs> right. <believe> it. <laughs> but um, like Hearthstone was designed, you know, I feel like they designed it as a, 
easy to get into and really easy to watch and fun to watch with all the random stuff. And each card is like has a attack from one to ten, defense from one to ten, and two words of text on it. Right. Right. Or you know, one sentence, right? So yep. it's like at a glance, super easy. This this thing is has charge, right? It can attack right when I play it. You right. Know? Really simple. Yeah. But Yu-Gi-Oh! No. No. And well, what's cool about Hearthstone, and you mentioned this before the podcast, compared to Yu-Gi-Oh!, is that although Yu-Gi-Oh! has a lot of stuff that's like cool and interesting interactions, it's all possible to be done on paper. But Hearthstone's not that way. Hearthstone has like permanently change a card that then gets shuffled back into your deck. But if you draw it later, it still has those permanent changes. Things that you right. can't really accomplish on paper unless your cards were like dry erase cards <laughs> right <laughs> or like use summon a random spell from any spell that's from the possible game. in the game right. right which is you know literally impossible right that's a digital only kind of phenomenon and i i mean i feel like with how complex Yu-Gi-Oh is especially like this version we're playing they like it's only like one step away from them doing that stuff anyway they right. can easily divorce themselves from the paper game yeah. and do that i mean and there's benefits to both right i mean like hearthstone if a card's op right whatever just you can just change it you know just right. change it in the game and it's forever different right in Yu-Gi-Oh, if you change it in master duel then everyone who physically owns one has a different card yeah right and, that and then that's really when it gets complicated you get in this really hairy thing where it's like it depends on konami right do they want master duel to be a reflection of the physical card game or do they want to you know go into a different direction and i think they would probably i would assume they probably want to keep it the same i mean what's interesting is that master duel the american version of Yu-Gi-Oh and the japanese version of Yu-Gi-Oh all have different ban lists <laughs> Dude, I, I don't that i don't understand to be like honest. that's that crazy it's very interesting i mean it is a way to create different meta games with the same card yeah, base though right true. which is kind of interesting and it i mean master duel is cool too i mean it could it gives konami like a really easy way to get data right it's true if they like hey what happens if we if we ban this card how is it going to affect the tournament that we have in eight months they just do it in master duel with you know one maintenance window or not even right. and then they get all this data and they're like yeah based on what we saw there we're going to ban it you know, for the world tournament, totally. right? Or whatever. No, that makes sense. So what other digital card games have you played and what has their like monetization model be like? What was Gwent like? Do you remember? Gosh, I don't even remember. So I know it had, I think it had a single player mode. And I don't remember. Huh. <laughs> it's been no, way too fair. long. That's fair. I'm pretty sure you got currency from just standard, you know, play a game, get, a little bit of currency and then you do that enough and you just open stuff. But there, I mean, the amount of cards is way less. I don't know yeah. if there was a crafting system. Yeah, I don't know. I guess my question is like in digital collectible card games, do you get like excitement and joy out of like opening a super rare card? Cause like, I only feel relief. I'm just like, fuck. Yeah. Thank God. I don't have to grind to craft I th- this card. I think I used to like, obviously. So the reason, so in the beginning of Hearthstone, when I played it, when there, were, there was only like three sets, right? Right. So the chance to get the card you wanted either by getting materials to craft it or getting the card was like not too crazy low. Right. It wasn't one in 6,953. Right. I mean, that's insane, right? But the reason I quit was because when the new set came out, it was like, if I want to play a deck of the new set, the amount of money you realistically need to spend was like $300, I think. Hmm. Or like 200. I mean, yeah, I guess it depends crazy. on cha- how much you change up. Maybe it was like, but it, I mean, it was, it was a lot. And, and I mean, I guess when I think about it now, I mean, if you're only playing Hearthstone or Yu-Gi-Oh or whatever, and you spend a thousand dollars a year or whatever, I mean, 
it's not too bad for a hobby, right? I guess, but like for a digital card game, I don't know. Like maybe if you're paying for the real objects, like for right. And people say that. I mean, cards. yeah, a lot of people's arguments are like, someone says, you know, Master Duel is expensive, right? And then someone's like, well, it's way cheaper than the physical one, right? But it's like, well, but then you're. I mean, I'm paying to own nothing, right? You right? can never I mean, resell I don't own any of the it, cards, yeah. right? And and I'm also at Konami's whim, right? If they decide to delete half the cards in Master Duel, right? I mean. Right. If they shut the server down, you're just like, right. Oh, yeah. Well, bye, I mean, bye, who knows? Right. Or yeah. Or like the Duel Links players, Master Duel came out. Everyone's playing that now, probably. And they're right. like, and well, I, just, spent I spent $10,000 on this game and everyone wants to play the new hotness, you know, shit. Right. Right. It's not like they no, transferred anything over for these people. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah, so, that's, and that's, that's, really that's the risk or, or like Hearthstone, right. Is, you know, the one sets retired in standard play. Right. Right. I mean, they have the they have the wild one where everything's legal all the no time. Really but that. I don't think so. So standard, it's like yeah, the set I really like that I spent a lot of money on, I can't play in standard anymore. But I mean, that's I mean that stuff needs to happen. I right? mean, that's always been how Paper Magic worked, right? Paper Magic right. has multiple. Formats. I can't play my deck from back when I was a kid unless you're playing unless I'm vintage. playing as a friend, right? Or or a vintage mode, right? Right. Which and I like that more. I well, that works really well in Magic because of drafting. But like drafting, I, is that? Th- I don't know if that's a thing in Yu Gi Oh. But drafting for me, my favorite thing about love, collectible card yeah. games is drafting. A hundred. I agree. I think in Yu Gi Oh. I mean, obviously, I think it would. If everyone's on the same playing field, it'll definitely work. But the thing is, what is so they're going to build a Yu Gi Oh deck with drafting. They're going to add. So there's events that have been leaked. So there's no events in the game yet. So I'm pretty sure they're going to add a legacy mode version of Yu Gi Oh, which is like how it was played before a lot of these mechanics so take out a lot of the and that and mode a draft would actually work right. right that's where it's like if you just pick the best objectively best card you'll do well you'll right. build a deck you don't need to build like yeah because like you don't need if you strategy. have a fucking like math mech in your deck it literally <laughs> no. does nothing right yeah because yeah. the old Yu-Gi-Oh, your turn one is like i play a four star monster and i set a card and i end my turn right and then they play a monster and set a card and then their turn, and then you tribute that monster into a bigger monster, and then kill their monster. Right. That, right? I mean, that's the back, the back and forth, right? Right. And that makes sense for a draft, for totally. Me. But for the current one, I mean, there's, there'd be so many dead cards. Exactly. Right? They would there'd need too to, many dead cards. I They'd have say, to make a format for it. Yeah. So there's a game called Fuck. Uh, I think it's Eternal is the game actually that this is in, but it has like. No, or maybe it was art. It was artifact in artifact. <laughs> you have different colors of cards and in the draft um, yep. mode, you would pick like a leader card that was part of your colors and then you would be given cards in theme with that thing. Something like that could work in Yu-Gi-Oh, right? right. You get like a boss monster as your draft first draft pick and then yeah. you get cards within like that theme or something. That could be an interesting way to do draft as well. I just yeah, think they, it's cool I, to have modes where you can play right. with cards that you don't own. I think they could also do a mode where like, like, you know how in magic you draft more cards than you're going to put in your deck. Right. Right. Yeah. So for all the trash, you can just put them away. I mean, if they did a mode in Yu-Gi-Oh where it's like you draft a lot of cards, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you pick from all the, like if you opened, you know, 50 packs and then make a deck on that. I mean, maybe you could do something. Yeah. You just have to spend like, like three hours making your deck or whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would be crazy, but. I mean, I'm looking forward to the events, right? And then in-game tournament stuff or whatever, I think. In-game I think there's a lot they cool. could add, but yeah, it's it, clearly a beta, right? The way they dropped it or like an early access because there, there's a lot of features missing. A lot of features missing, a lot of things very poorly explained that you wouldn't expect from like a game that right. works. And the, and, but I mean, 
the anime at least on pc i know it, so i got it on switch it runs like shit by the way but wait you got <laughs> what master duel on switch it's on switch yeah it's on i got it i played it on switch and ps5 so far because you oh god hold on hold on hold on i just broke i just broke our audio one sec <laughs> hello hello we're back we're back uh stream can you hear sean still am i good is anybody in the chat here let's see i can load it real quick yes they can hear you still okay that's so weird i thought this would fix that oh well (laughs) um anyway yeah so i played it on switch and ps5 so if you so you can link your steam account to a konami id then you download it on any platform, even your phone. So you're going to want to do this when you get. I'm get hyped it on your that phone. it's coming on mobile, but it's probably run right. like shit if it runs like shit on yeah. Switch. And then you just sign in, so I can literally, you know, play it wherever I want, and I have all my shit. Right. And I can buy cards on PlayStation. Like PlayStation, I got it, and it gave me 50 free of those shitty packs, the legacy packs. And I have those on PC, which was, you know, it was neat, I guess. But I mean, I, I really appreciate. And the biggest thing too, I appreciate about it is it's on every platform, basically, or. Besides, I mean, it's on every platform except for mobile in certain countries, which will be soon. Hopefully. And it's cross-play for every plat across every platform in every region, That's, right? Which is really which cool. I love, yeah, because it means the you know you get this huge player base. No matter when I play, the queue is literally half a second. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was playing at like three a.m. last night, and I was getting matches every right. And it's great to just see like, oh, I'm playing against someone from you know this guy's name is person's name is Korean or Russian. It's just cool to know that you're playing against anybody right totally agreed i really like that so what would it take i'm curious to bring you back to hearthstone uh what would you need for like to come back to one of these other games you used to play i would have to be interested in i mean for me my personality is always jumping on the new thing really sure i mean like magic could probably bring me like magic actually was Magic did bring me back. I played it for a little bit with the new the D and D card set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was super cool. I really like that. So if if Hearthstone, yeah, I mean, part of it too is Hearthstone's the whole Blizzard thing. So probably never. That's fair. With Hearthstone, but like another car, any other card game would be like I'd have to enjoy the base mechanics, and they'd have to release some new set or event or something that that I thought was some sort of nostalgia for you or something. Like if Hearthstone released like a Valorant set or something, maybe something along those lines. Yeah, and like too, yeah, you go if they brought. Hey, if I could play it and experience the way I played it when I was a kid, even if it's super boring, at least try like a game or two. You would. I mean, yeah, I would return just to try it. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, I. I think it's it's a it's a cool kind of game and it it it, it treads the line dangerously between this whole like loot box and digital value yeah. NFT concept but it's like right. for some reason in trading card games it's always been acceptable. People are just like yeah this is fine. I know. But that's it, cuz it's they're like it exists in the real world so them right. translating it to digital it's should it's the same when it, it's yeah gray area it's just I funny guess. to me yeah and, and the ir- irony right is they're no longer trading card games they're collectible card games because you can't trade the only uh collectible card game you've ever been able to trade in was artifact right right and i mean the reason they don't do trading is because um the company doesn't loses money right right they lose money if you can trade card you could get your entire deck they, someone would make a website where i could get the entire deck i wanted just with all the random crap i had because somebody out there wants the stuff i'm not using right, right. exactly but anyway, yeah. Uh, you have any other thoughts on 
tra- digital collectible card games. <laughs> too bad Valve didn't make a better game. <laughs> I, uh, it's true. Yeah, we've been talking about artifacts. Some people in the chat may have never even heard of it. It, it was the Dota themed collectible card game free to play worked on the steam marketplace, which meant you could buy and sell cards. You got for real money. No NFTs required. <laughs> right. It and, was like such it had such good ideas. It was just the gameplay was not good. It was, not good. It was designed but, by Richard Garfield, the literal designer right. of Magic the Gathering. So right. It was. Yeah. It oh, was that's right. That's right. Jordan in the chat reminded us it actually had $20 buy in. You had to pay initially. For oh, artifacts. the game cost 20 bucks. That's, correct. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I never got that back. So rip. But, <laughs> I mean, too, it's yeah, I guess, you know, part of me wishes too. like a lot of these free games I play. Sometimes I would rather just pay 60 bucks, right? Uh, if I could pay, even if I could pay like a hundred bucks for right. all the Yu-Gi-Oh cards, I would do it. Yeah. If I could spend a hundred bucks to get every single card and not have to worry about it, then I mean that I, for sure. I mean, but that I guess they make less. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't try it, right? So I, I get it. Well, or if the, I mean, if they had both options, it would be interesting. Some games do that. Like I played this rhythm game called Muse Dash, where you can buy individual song packs, or you can pay. You could pay an upfront cost and own every song that's ever released. Right, and that's a good way because it works for the people who, hey, I just want this game to play these three sound packs. Right, right, exactly. Or the person who's like, I love the game and I want to play every single song possible. Right, yeah. which is what I did and I bought that. And I'm very happy that I did. Uh, granted, in the long term, they lose money, right? Because obviously the free-to-play model produces more revenue than an upfront cost unless the upfront cost is insane. Like in Yu-Gi-Oh!, the real upfront cost to get every card would probably be closer to $1,000 than $100. So, Gosh, yeah. Which, I mean, for me, it's always been like it's up to the person, Right. I'm always the free to play. I I, enjoy, I like the model, right? I'm fine with it. Yeah. They give you enough gems at the front where you can make probably. If you know about the secret. If you know what you're doing, it, right? Yeah. If you don't. And I got screwed a little bit because the two first two decks I made were complete trash. But um, they give you enough. And if by the time they run out, if they haven't added any new events and stuff, I mean, they, they probably need to. Otherwise, the player base is going to fall off. Yeah, right? it'll be interesting to see how the, how this if everyone's does. droughted in four months, they're going to have to get a way to get people to spend some more money somehow. Right, right. Either by giving you here's half a deck. So you spend money on the other half or, you know, whatever they do. Right. But, or like, yeah, bundles where you buy like the set of rare the ultra rares for, for a deck or something. And then it gives you and then you just have to earn the right. rest. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's why Hearthstone, I mean, they re reinvigorized that series by adding the Battle Royale thing right. mode yes. in it, which the, when, you know, they added that, and that was mode. like all everyone is, is playing now. So I don't even know if people play the, the regular card game of that anymore, but right. something like that. Right. Yeah. Anyway, that was a uh, that's interesting. Digital card games and such. I don't think we have a patron question to answer. No one's asked a patron question in a while, uh, unfortunately. So. Ah, I guess Marcus did ask a while ago your perception prediction on what announced game will dominate 2022. You have any, any oh. on that? So dominate like the <sighs> most popular game of 2022 that you could think of that's announced. I, I, I'm not I'm trying to think of some, but I can't really think of any right now. It's hard. I'd have to look at here. If I look like games of 2022 yeah, real quick, just to jog my memory of everything down. that's let's been announced so far. Uh, Elden starts. Ring. Elden Ring is a big deal. Jordan says a, in the chat. I think it's going to be big, but I don't think I would call it dominate. I mean, it'll definitely dominate it for the month at least, right? 
for February. Yeah, February is pretty stacked. Yeah, but I would say, yeah, Elden Ring. I mean, po- the new Pokemon game that that's already out, right? That was a I big mean, deal for sure. Whether how long it's going to stay, I think a lot of people thought it was a new, a nice new thing. So that, eh, Horizon, Horizon Destiny. I mean, these are all kind of single player sequels, right? I mean, Stray for me. Stray. I don't think that's going to dominate. I think is is Starfield out this year? Uh, it is, and Breath of the it Wild is. Two November is 11. also out this and year, and Breath of the Wild. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I would probably vote for one of those two, I, and then I, obviously like score some unannounced game. It's got that comes out like, in November to dominate a year. You kind of have to be a multiplayer game, right? Like a game that oh yeah continuously be played. And I don't really know of any of those that are really planning to come out this year. No, because those are always released in the fall generally, right? That's true, yeah. And they sort of just like come out of nowhere. There's not really like big announcements for those kinds of games. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll see what happens this year, but it's hard It's hard to say. This is an interesting year for games, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. Nintendo's or Nintendo's probably going to release some banger-ass game. Probably. And well, with all these, like, with all these acquisitions and stuff, who knows what's going to happen with games right. this year and coming Maybe forward. this year is going to be a little chill and then after all the acquisition stuff kind of settles in then we're going to start seeing some crazy stuff maybe yeah i don't know very interesting maybe warm snow will be the game that dominates the year yeah maybe (laughs) maybe stalker two since they (laughs) announced that they aren't gonna add nfts uh true a strong a strong a lot of a lot of big games recently too have been kind of floppy right like Rainbow Six Siege, the co-op one that I was kind of interested yeah, in, came out, and I haven't seen anything about it, no, right? No one really cares about it. Right, same with Back for Blood. Remember Back yep. for Blood? We were like, this game looks cool, and it was like average, and then nobody cares about it. Right, yeah, exactly. Feels yeah. like even the players are just getting so onto the next thing so quick these days, too. It's Maybe true. it's just me. No, <laughs> it might partially be just you, but it, it is might true. be me, but feels kind of feels like it's always onto the next thing, and like no game will ever dominate anymore just because there's so many but yeah yeah and Evan, yeah evan's right too assuming i mean yeah i feel like any game that comes that's going to come out in fall has a chance to not even make it like if starfield got delayed to 2023 i wouldn't be surprised you know what's going to be the game that dominates the year if it comes out this year <laughs> party animals dude what happened See, it's like what happened to that they game? announced the release date i think it's, Did they really? it's either 2022 or 2023 though i don't remember I'm looking right now. No, it's TBA on Steam. Uh, no, they said something in like their Discord or somewhere. I think. did they because ah, that game is like roadmap. I wonder what happened. I don't know, but anyway, it takes so long. Now, no. Oh yeah, it says 2022 release date, sometime in 2022. Um, right. So I uh, normally I ask Anthony where can people find us, but I guess I'll ask myself where can people find us. Yeah, uh, you can find us at <laughs> uh, Kaokwa underscore ENT on social media uh you can find us at our website kalequalentertainment.com where you can find information about our upcoming events on about our discord about our upcoming single player physics fps agora um the discord's where the main shit happens though come there you can talk to any of us you can talk to sean anthony we just released a new flyover trailer showing one of our uh intro levels for the game. Maybe you could try and figure out what the game is now because uh, we've never shown anything like this before. So come check that yeah. out. Come to the discord. Uh, 
post pictures of your food, post your Wordle score. Uh, Wordle, I Wordle, most dominating game Wordle, of 2022. Actually, though, true. <laughs> Wordle, true. Wordle. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And until next time, talk to you later. Thanks, Sean, for joining me. Bye, guys.